if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible, Season 2, Episode 7, in case you're keeping track. No one is. (laughs) It's your host, Nate Binder. Here with me today, as you just heard, is the other host of this program, and that is Dane Vega. Dane, how you doing? Doing great. We're so close to the NFL Draft, and I'm getting excited. I don't know if I'm prepared, but I'm excited. Yeah, I am uh, incredibly excited. Um, I feel like I'm very prepared on, on like the first and second round prospects, but really have no idea once we get to day three uh, what a lot of the names are. I know some some highlights. You you know your Jelani Woods. Um, he's like a six seven, super athletic tight end. Maybe six four. I might have that wrong, but one of the most athletic tight end prospects in the draft uh, that could go fourth fifth round. But yeah, don't really know my sleepers yet. So it's time. It's time to get. Really, have you heard of The Beast? No. <laughs> the Beast is published by uh, draft analyst Dane Brugler every year, and it's like mm-hmm. a 300-page in-depth guide on like every prospect in the NFL draft. And it's, uh, it's really something else. It's worth reading. I'm just imagining it like you're reading a, you know, a paperback and uh, you know, just crack uh, that bad boy open by the beach or something. Gross, dude. Is this guy buying for like an NFL scouting job? Like, why is he doing that? No, he's like the lead scout for the athletic. Uh, so he's a masochist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a masochistic process. Like, I think when he probably first put it out, he, he didn't realize that he was going to have to commit to putting it out year okay. over year after year. Like, I was listening to an interview and he talked about now he'll be able to get to bed at like a reasonable hour around midnight compared to like three or four in the morning, like every night uh, just doing this. Yeah. Um, that's the life. Anyway, <laughs> on today's program, we're going to have a little news. Then we're going to get into our favorite NFL uh, draft prop bets because yeah, it's, it's the NFL draft season. Uh, we've been looking into this stuff and we have, uh, you know, what we think is going to happen and how you can make money off it because hey, fantasy football betting, it's all about making money. And we'll also uh, slide a little mystery question in there. Um, Dane, why don't you tell the people where to find us on social media? Okay, pointless <laughs> exercise, but we're going to do it every episode. Oh, man. Yeah, we're, we're kind of pigeonholed into doing this because everybody does it. We are at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You've probably heard of those things unless you were born before 1960. And we're at thefantasybible.com. Come and, join us. Uh, also at Fantasy Bible Pod on TikTok. You can find us on TikTok. Are we? <laughs> doing a lot of TikToks, a lot of things where there's like uh, music playing while people uh, mouth words with like mm. text on screen. I know what TikTok is. All right, Dan, why don't you uh, get into the news? All right. So I got a new, I'm trying to re reformulate and repackage news on the fly as we go here. So this one is going to be a bit of dad joke news. I've only got one thing to tell you guys. All right. The Raiders extended Derek Carr this week. He is now a limo. 
<laughs> that's pretty that's pretty good Thanks, that's bro. pretty good um yeah i uh i mean any any thoughts on that i like it i'm a i'm a Derek Carr believer personally i think he's far better than his reputation in the nfl community would lead you to believe you know i agree he's much better than you know your average quarterback so in that regard, unless you have a generational talent just falling into your lap, then he's the best option you have. They're not going to get any better by ditching Derek Carr and signing someone like Big Mayfield or Sam Darnold after this. Like, I don't know. Um, you can definitely win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. You, you can't do it with like Derek Carr and a bad defense, but you can do it with the right team with Derek yes. Carr. Yeah. It can be done, especially when you add pieces like Devontae Adams. All right. Um, well, before we get into these draft prop, oh wait, <laughs> yeah, that's the news. Uh, that's the news. I do also want to mention. <laughs> did you have you seen any of the uh, Baker Mayfield headlines from today? I just saw it. Yeah, a, a few moments ago. Um, I don't know a whole lot. I've seen. I don't know where he's speaking publicly about. I don't this, know if but... it's a podcast. I, I have no idea where it's coming from. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think he, there's probably some truth to everything that he's saying. It's just kind of funny that he's saying this while on the Browns. Yeah, I know. He's he's gone full scorched earth. He knows that he's not playing for them. So he's trying to get his part of the narrative out there. So I respect that um, to some degree. You know, he's got to try to keep his brand, his value, his name brand up. So um, I, I don't know that he'll move to any place of consequence this year, maybe next year if if something opens up. But I can't see him starting for an NFL team this year. Well, it was really funny. He had that quote that was like, oh, if you had talked to me like, you know, 10 days ago, I would have said I'd be playing in Indianapolis. But now, like, I don't I don't know, maybe like Seattle will probably be Seattle. But <laughs> and he went on to say like, not even that. But when it, I'm just like laughing at him saying that, like, imagine like Pete Carroll just like kind of like passively listening. And then when he says Seattle, Pete Carroll's just like, what? That's not <laughs> happening, buddy. Like, you know, it, it, there's no way. I, I don't think he's playing in Seattle. No, no. Pete Carroll would spit out his gum before allowing that to happen. <laughs> Very, yeah. Good point. All right. Uh, speaking of Seattle, I'll lead into our mystery question here. And okay. this is, uh, you know, um, longtime fans of the Fantasy Bible may recall a guest appearance uh, by, by our good friend Jacob. And Jacob was uh, texting me the other day about uh, a potential, you know, player for player swap. And uh, we both kind of agreed that these players kind of have equivalent value. Um, but I'm kind of interested in your uh, take from a dynasty perspective. Mm -hmm. What do you think about a trade of Debo Samuel for DK Metcalf? Or what do you think about those two players' respective situations? And uh, which one would you value more or less? Um, immediately, I think Debo's worth more. Um, I don't know how much I haven't put too much thought of into this. You know, you're just kind of asking me right now, but I would, I would say significantly enough that I would not do an even trade. If I was the Debo Samuel owner, okay. I would be well, asking Don't tell Jacob that because, uh, yeah, he can. probably doesn't listen to this podcast. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Good. Cause we, we more or less agreed to a one for one trade. Uh, not, not officially, but like, you know, we, we, we started the talks that they're basically equivalent. And he was saying that, uh, you know, if Debo gets that dual designation in, mm -hmm. in where uh, he could play, be played as both a running back or a wide receiver um, that, you know, he would be worth more. And if that does happen that, yeah, he'd, he'd be worth more, but um, I would, yeah, I personally would love to get 
Um, but here's the thing about Diva Samuel is like, are we overreacting to one year of production? And are you taking into account um, the recent news where he wants to be paid $25 million a year? And he's another one of these receivers that wants to, you know, be one of the highest paid receivers in the league for a team that might not see that value in paying any non-quarterback player that that much it's not you know like a left tackle um so if he gets traded does Debo Samuel have the same impact on a, on a team that's not the the four 49ers whereas do you think DK Metcalf's skill set could potentially be more translatable to other teams um compared to Debo um very good questions you're asking here. So yeah, obviously these guys both have questions at their quarterback position of where they are right now. And they're both up for contract signings next year, I believe. So they either will get extended this year or could go into free agency next year, creating even more uncertainty. But as far as like, do their skill sets translate to any place they might land? I, I think any team willing to pay Debo that premium that he's asking for, I think he asked for $25 million a year because he was essentially their running back one and wide receiver one uh, last year off of the 49ers. I think any team willing to invest what he wants is going to use him to a high degree. I mean, someone that already has weapons, a running back and a top wide receiver is not going to make that move. Um, DK Metcalf is you know, your typical run a route could be the guy deep, blow the top off a defense guy. From what I understand, I haven't looked too much into it. He doesn't run a whole lot of routes. So it, it really depends on the offensive scheme he's in, but he, he's your more traditional. I run down the field and catch the ball wide receiver. He's extremely fast. We know that, but um, I, yeah, I think both these guys would translate to wherever they went. It would just be a matter of how appealing is that landing spot. How, who are they competing with in the receiving room? Um, like if, like if Debo, let's say the Falcons draft a top tier quarterback next year and Debo goes to the Falcons and they don't necessarily have a top running back yet. And they really just have Kyle Pitts. Like that's a situation where he could thrive. And I, I would feel comfortable if he went there that they're going to use him appropriately. But if he goes to somewhere stacked, like somehow he ends up on the Bengals or something or the Cowboys, like where there's a lot of other players trying to buy for the ball then I would be a little concerned, but I'm not worried about his skill set translating. I'm worried about, you know, who else is in the room for touches. Yeah. It's not so much the skill set. It's more the usage and the successful usage uh, and successful offensive scheming on, of someone like Kyle Shanahan versus like, you know, like what if the jets paid Debo Samuel, not that the jets are, Mm -hmm. and there it's a 49ers based system. So they can pay Debo and use use him Mm -hmm. the exact same way, but can Zach Wilson execute like other factors, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just closer than it seems because of that. Um, and it's also worth noting that DK Metcalf has, uh, like 600 more career receiving yards and 19 more touchdowns than, uh, like he's just been a more productive player overall Mm -hmm. over the course of his career to date. Although obviously Debo had a much higher high, um, last season. So yeah, just thought that was an interesting discussion on those two players. Are you ready to make our listeners tons of money? Oh, I would love to. Okay. Um, so how I sort of organize this is I'm going to start with, uh, ones that are kind of, uh, not as great odds or I guess better odds, depending on how you look at it. Um, less of a payout, but more likely to happen in, in my opinion. 
Um, and then I move into some of the more, uh, you know, juicier items. Um, so you want to just kind of go back and forth and, and see what we got. That was a, that was a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. Um, why don't you go first? All right. So, I mean, it's not even like I worth mentioning. I put it at the end of my list just because I, I think uh, we're all on the right track here. We're all on the same page. I feel that Aiden Hutchinson, number one overall at minus 280, is a pretty safe bet. I don't see anything weird happening there. He's just like a football playing Jesse, as they would call him on the Ringer podcast, you know, to use draft slang. He's just a guy built for football, loves football, loves to play the game. You know, football is his number one priority, number two priority, number three priority. He's a very, very good Ed Rusher. So either the Jaguars take him there or I don't know anything. So I don't know. All right. Can I give you some uh, deep secondhand analysis on this? Yes. So the, there's been a lot of news circulating in the past week or so. Um, Peter Schrager has been mentioning it as well, that uh, Trevon Walker could be likely for the number one overall pick mm-hmm. um, because Trent Balky has trended towards these type of Alden Smith like high upside traits uh, candidates like Trevon Walker, you know, just athletically technically has a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson. Although Aiden Hutchinson is a much, 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 much better pass rusher than Trevon Walker (laughs) appears to be at this point in his career. Not that Trevon Walker can't do it. um, He just didn't do it much at Georgia. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I was listening to Lance Zierlein, uh, who is like the head, guy for for NFL draft stuff for NFL.com talking about how like he heard from one of his sources that Javon Walker could go number one overall because of the whole Trent Balky, Alden Smith thing. And he was like, okay, that's interesting. Javon Walker could go like number one overall. And then like within a week, he said like that exact line was being like parroted like throughout the media. And he's like, okay, well that started to make me think it's less of like, a true thing and more of like a spin, like more of like, okay, maybe bulky's trying to get someone to come up for Walker that really wants Walker or something like that. So I, I don't know. Um, just, just to put that out there, there has been reports, but I personally agree with you. I don't, I, I think, Oh, now it's the Jacks and the Jacks could do anything, but yeah, that's the only thing that scares me <laughs> would be uh silly not to take Aiden Hutchinson number one overall. So I like that bet. Congratulations. First guy to hug Roger Goodell in 2022, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. All right. My first bet here is total first round wide receivers drafted uh, over five and a half at negative 180. Uh, So here are the teams that need receivers in round one. The Jets, the Falcons, the Eagles, the Saints, the Patriots, the Packers, and the Chiefs. And then here are some teams that aren't desperate but could draft a receiver in round one. The Lions at 32, the Texans at 13, Commanders at 11, Vikings at 12, Chargers at 17. Got to think about life after Keenan Allen. That's Mm -hmm. prime Jamison Williams territory. Uh, Vikings, obviously, Thielen's kind of aging here. You want to maximize Cousins after that recent extension. And then the Cowboys at 24, uh, it's no secret that Jerry Jones – loves Traylon Burks and will absolutely be drafting Traylon Burks. If he's there at 24, I really hope that doesn't happen. So 
that's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 should have counted beforehand, but 14 teams that could potentially uh, take a receiver. And that's just my analysis. Technically there's 32 teams that could do it. So first round locks, we got Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, and Traylon Burks. That's five. That's why it's set in five and a half. Likely first rounders, Jahan Dotson's been getting first round buds. Christian Watson's been getting first round buds, buzz, George Pickens and Sky Moore. So there's four potentially people that could take it over. I think we get see that sixth receiver absolutely taken in one of the Packers two picks. Uh, and this hits at uh, six receivers in the first round. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at that one. I didn't have enough like ear to the ground of how many are truly going in the first round. I do know, yeah, like the Packers and Chiefs, I would be shocked if they don't draft a wide receiver. And we we definitely know that the Dallas Cowboys are interested in Traylon Burks at pick 24. Does he get that far? I don't think so. Um, I, I hope not as well. You know, don't give them to Jerry. But it, I think it's a beautiful line. I mean, five and a half, it's, it's a coin toss either way. And I, I don't feel strongly convicted one way or another um the word is that the wide receiver class is deep and a lot of teams do need wide receiver and wide receivers value in the nfl is going up every year as we are more and more leaning into a pass-based league so i definitely see if i was betting on this i would lean the over but i don't feel great about it i'm glad you do because you know i like talented wide receivers in the nfl well, here's another reason I feel great about it is because two of the teams that I think really need receivers and the Chiefs and the Packers, like they don't pick for a long time after they pick in the first round. So mm. they might try and get Christian Watson in, in the first round as opposed to hoping he's going to be there, you know, towards the end of the second. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel good about this one. I also think I, I really like Jahan Dotson, so that might be why I'm biased. But, yeah, what's your next uh, – What's your next bet? Well, I have a perfect segue. Um, Traylon Burks, let's talk about the man. So we talked about his talent on our previous podcast about how he's probably one of the most physically gifted athletes in the wide receiver class. And uh, currently his draft position line is over or under 23 and a half. And that makes perfect sense when you factor in the Cowboys Cowboys, at pick 24. So it's really a matter of, does he make it there or do the Cowboys move up? I can see either situation happening, um, but I can also see somebody else drafting Traylon Burks before it gets to that point. So I think I'm taking the under there at negative 110. It's almost even money. Um, I, you know, it's not a clear tier list of which receiver is number one, two, three, four, and five. For these NFL teams, it could look very different on each uh, team's board come draft day. And if a team is very convicted in Traylon Burks, you know, the Packers are picked 22. So they need a receiver. If they want that guy, he could be theirs. Uh, any number of teams could move up. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling good about him going under pick 23 and a half. Traylon Burks has an athletic profile that is limited in the, you know, the first round. Like he and Drake London are the two yeah. big, big, body guys and those that's what gets drafted high i mean and speed like i expect jameson williams to go higher than people think too um Mm -hmm. just for that speed factor but okay um so my next one here is total first round quarterbacks drafted Uh, i have the same one i'm over two and a half 
Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the freest money of all. Like Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter are all going first round. You can put your house on it. Yeah, um, take a second mortgage, bet that on that. <laughs> yeah, so 2011 QB draft, which is, this is the one that's often compared to, four QBs drafted, Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. All drafted before Yikes. in the first 15 picks. That's going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I do I do firmly believe that quarterback will be, quote-unquote, overdrafted this year just because the value of the position in the NFL is par none. So, um, yeah, that's going to happen. I mean, I agree it's free money. So, like, what's a comfortable number? Like, how many dollars would you put on that? It's like negative 225, I think. So, you know, you have to bet $225 to get 100 back. Is that something you're comfortable doing? That um, no, I'm probably putting, I mean, I'm probably putting, like, 10% of my total draft wagers on this one okay and that's probably one of the highest percentage wagers that you would do that's how that's how you feel about it yeah i think that's a higher percentage maybe 20 percent is a a better percentage yeah now that i'm thinking through it yeah but um yeah i mean i just like this one a lot because it's 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 guaranteed to me and it's not like minus 500 or something like that yeah that's also the one I feel most convicted about. Like if I was betting a hundred dollars on the draft in overall, I might bet like 50 on that just to like, you know, have some safe money out there. But yeah, I, I firmly agree. Three quarterbacks, maybe four are going in the first round. Well, who's your next, uh, next guy. All right. So this is kind of a phenomenon that I don't know how to explain it. So I'll just start describing why I like it. So (laughs) (laughs) Thibodeau. 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 Yeah. He was one of the most highly sought after recruits coming out of high school, 2019. And every scout knew his name, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing the things that I've digested in the media, but every scout knew his name. They knew he would be a top potential vying for the number one overall pick. And up until maybe a few months ago, he was the number one overall pick. And now all of a sudden there's a narrative a couple months ago that he has other priorities other than football. You know, he's starting like, you know, some personal branding and stuff, some, some decisions focused on business and maybe not his NFL career or NFL prowess or skill set or whatever. I don't know. I think it's kind of a load of BS. You know, it's like maybe people got tired of talking about him as the number one overall prospect. And now that he's come out as a human being with interests other than playing football, that's kind of being spun as, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's not nearly as committed as we thought he was, but he's still got the production to back up that kind of draft capital. He's still got the athletic ability to draft up being a top five pick. So his draft position is over or under five and a half at plus 100 for the under. And I like the under, I think. Ooh, I didn't even see that one. That's nice. Yeah. So I think it's being overblown and that has moved the line because you know, if you ask this question in December of last year, he, I think he was the odds on favorite from the number one overall pick. And now we have Trayvon Walker to another team here in the Jesus AFC Christ. South. As that is our body shop focus. Sorry about that. I was just trying to look at the draft order. <laughs> That's all good. Yeah. So, so the point is I could see somebody moving up or I could see just it, it being a something that's been moving too far down based on narratives and, 
at over and under the five and a half position at plus a hundred, like it's even money. I love that. I think we're seeing a bit of what we saw with Micah Parsons uh, last year, like how he's got all these off the field concerns or whatever. He might not be as committed, but he's extremely talented, had the production and produces very, I mean, he could have been like a defensive player of the year candidate in his rookie year. So I think we'll, we'll see a a shade of that with uh, Thibodeau here. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, especially because, okay, there there are some great offensive linemen in this draft that could complicate this, but mm-hmm. there's so many teams like, okay, Aiden Hutchinson's obviously going off the board in the first two picks. Trevon Walker is probably going off the board in the first three picks. That leaves Thibodeau and Jermaine Johnson and maybe Karlaftis, although I don't think so, as like, the names for the Giants and the Jets who also really need pass rushing, yeah. you know, pass rushers. So I think there's no way he makes it past the Giants uh, if he falls that far. I mean, you can't, there, there's so, like, you know, just to add one uh, detail, I guess that could be a negative is there's, there are some scouting reports that say he like, also takes plays off on the field. Um, but everything Dane said, I tend to agree with a hundred percent. I definitely think all the uh, cryptocurrency narratives stuff is whack. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm fully bought in on this one and at plus money too. You know I mean? You got like, yeah, that. yeah, I love it. Um, okay. I have, uh, I have one, Similar to that, it is actually kind of the opposite of that. And that is the Kyle Hamilton uh, draft position. Uh, he said it's set at eight and a half right now. Uh, I, I want to take the over on that, I think, and negative 150. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, he is like, you know, he'll, you'll find him number one on certain like media site draft boards. Like I think the draft network has him as, as number one. He's up there for PFF as well, mm-hmm. certain sites like that. Um, but you're really starting to f- see him fall down mock drafts. He had relatively unimpressive athletic testing numbers, especially for what people thought he was going to do. And he's also like a hybrid safety. I mean, he's a do it. He's a do it all safety but he's also kind of like a hybrid safety. Like he's not a pure free safety. He's not a pure strong safety. So a team has to have like a vision on how to use him. And that's the reason why he's going to be drafted top 10, but that's also why he might fall down the board. My recent memory is Derwin James who like pre-draft Knox dropped him down to, I think, 17, I believe. There were some injury concerns here, but the bottom line is safeties just don't get drafted as highly in the NFL and safeties that uh, are limited in the ways that Kyle Hamilton is limited, not that he's not an amazing prospect. I don't know if they get drafted before the ninth pick in in the draft. So I kind of like Kyle uh, Kyle Hamilton over eight and a half. I like that one as well. He's not somebody I was even paying attention to mostly because I'm, you know, fantasy football minded. I don't really pay nearly as much attention to the individual defensive assets beyond the top few names. So I like 
the case you made for that. And when I'm looking at the board, I don't see a lot of teams in the top eight that would be willing to draft the safety when they have so many other needs. Like we're talking about teams like the Falcons, the Giants, the Jets, Panthers want a quarterback at six. The Texans could draft literally anybody. So could the Lions. So could the Jaguars. They're not drafting a safety. And I think the risk is that seventh pick. I feel like that second Giants pick. That's kind of a luxury. Like, do they say, okay, we got, we got Thibodeau. Now do we take Kyle Hamilton? Do we take the two biggest names in the draft to really kick this, kick this thing off? That that's the risk, but mm-hmm. I personally agree with you. And I think the giants are going to do everything they can to trade out of, out of at least one of those picks. I was going to make that statement too. I think they'll trade out of one of the picks, depending on how comfortable they feel with the picks on the board. I think those talks have already been thoroughly hashed out with a few teams. So yeah, I'd look for them to trade back out of one of those picks. Hopefully it's not pick five because they're a good candidate for Thibodeau, but maybe somebody's trading up for Thibodeau and they weren't going to draft him and they're comfortable sitting behind Carolina at seven. So Man. many things could unfold. Man, I'm so excited to see what Carolina does in this draft. If they draft Kenny Pickett, I mean, that that's going to be something. <laughs> that will be something. What did, what did uh, uh, the Ben Ben Solek say? Burn it all down or something like that? Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was quite upset with this quarterback class. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, um, who's next on your list here? So now we're getting into the territory where I don't feel nearly as good about what I'm saying, but out of pure necessity, I think that Brees Hall could go in the first round and him going in the first round is at plus plus one fifty right now. So if you bet a hundred dollars, you get 150 back, which is very good money, but you don't typically see, running backs go in the first round unless they're generational talents. He's the best in the class consensus, but he's not necessarily somebody you would take a top 10 pick on and that will not happen. So the question is who are we looking at to take him in the back of the first, it could be the bills that pick 25. They've tried to make moves for a running back here in the off season. I don't see the Titans doing it. They have Derek Henry. He'll be healthy enough to be, I mean, nobody's competing with him. Not going to be Tampa, not going to be green Bay, potentially the chiefs, but I mean, they're talking about wide receiver or they need a safety now that uh, Matthew is not there. So I I think it's possible. And maybe even somebody moves up from the second into the back of the first um, that needs a running back like Atlanta potentially for the future. So there are a number of teams who might want that top running back asset. And I think he'll go very, very soon into the second round if he doesn't go into the first. So I, I just like the the line there at plus 150. I think I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on it. I don't feel super confident about it, but could have a good payout. So I sent you that uh, that chart today that was a reflection of like where Pro Bowl players are drafted on average. That same writer did an analysis of every position on positional traits and how they reflect the success in the league. And he looked at physical size, production, age, receiving produ- production, combine, combine performances, um, yeah, and like related that to success. And Brees Hall is the only running back in the class that checks every box for mm. a Pro Bowl highly drafted running back. So mm. just a little something to uh, you know corroborate that. Okay. Yeah. It's again, yeah, not my first or second bet that I would place, but uh, I think it's interesting, especially 
focusing on fantasy football, you know, where does this guy go? Who's investing highly in him? That's something I'm paying attention to. Yeah. It's like, you know, like Javante Williams and Brissol, not that they're super similar of prospects, but they, they feel like they felt like they could get drafted in a similar range, which is like high second late first. So Mm -hmm. I do think, you know, if a team really wants that extra piece, um, that's definitely a possibility. All right. So uh, my next tier, I'll just run through this one real quick because it's sort of a group, but it's players in the top 32. So players, will they be a first rounder, essentially? Um, and there are three that I like from these odds. Uh, Lewis Seen at plus 125. Um, this is actually a, a quote from uh, Ben Solak, who we were just mentioning earlier, who said the gap between Lewis Seen and Kyle Hamilton is smaller than the gap between Seen and the rest of the safeties. Um, so he's physical, he's smart, he's fast, and he's one of the best tacklers in the draft. I like him to go in the first round. George Pickens uh, at plus 225. Uh, teams draft traits. Pickens has the high-end physical traits, aggressive on-field demeanor, flashes on tape, just has a bad injury history, but I think he could easily be one of those six wide receivers, seventh wide receivers drafted in the uh, in the first round. And then Quay Walker uh, at plus 250. Good money here for Quay Walker, who has prototypical NFL linebacker size at 6'4", 241, played on that Georgia defense. All these players are from Georgia, I just realized. Uh, I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, all these players, I should say, played at Georgia, um, which I am just now realizing, but that Georgia team is loaded. Um, so, yeah. Quay Walker, 6'4", 241, compared to Nicobe Dean, who stands at 5'11", 220. And Nicobe Dean is someone you see penciled in pretty consistently as a first-round linebacker. Um, Quay Walker is an excellent tackler, seven missed tackles on 138 career attempts, got size, speed, athleticism, um, was well-rounded, had 300 coverage snaps, 200 run defense snaps, and 115 pass rush snaps in 2021. Um, and then Todd McShay had a report that the more he was talking to teams, some teams were saying that he, they think Walker will be the better pro than Dean and have Walker over Dean because of his size, length, and uh, speed. So I think if Dean is a surefire first rounder, if you believe that, then there's a good chance Quay Walker is two and at plus 250, that's pretty good money. Um, so I like those three guys, but Quay Walker probably the best because that's that's a good return on a player that's getting a lot of first round buzz. Yeah, those are some good uh, end of the first round picks. I like that. All right, uh, got anything else for us? Um, I do not have anything else. We did have that one overlapping pick with uh, total first round quarterbacks. I think that's yeah, that's probably the one I would put money on today. Um, there are some interesting ones like a uh, team to draft player, but those are hard to, f- hard to hit on. Oh, I have those. Like, okay. I'm interested to see what you have. I do. I can't find it. You go ahead and I'll try to find the one I was thinking. All right. So I really only have, uh, two and they're for the same team and you can probably guess what team it is. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, <laughs> so right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, for pick number 15 overall, you can get Jamison Williams at plus 650 and Traylon Burks at plus 850. Uh, or you could play the field at plus 425 because there are no other receivers in the odds. So if any other receiver, if they address Chris Olave there, that plus 425 would hit. Um, and I think it's almost a guarantee 
that the Eagles take a receiver at 15 overall. Um, Howie Roseman has historically valued D-line, O-line, and receiver as the first-round premium positions. Wide receiver is probably the biggest current position of need out of those three groups. Uh, Eagles have showed pre-draft interest in Jameson Williams. Uh, they've always kind of valued that speed element. Element That's why they went after Rager. Um, that's why they kept re-signing DJX despite consistently declining production. Um, they ran... Burke's wide receiver drills at one of his pro days, I believe, or one of his pro days at his pro day or some other kind of workout um, situation. They were doing his drills. And then this is the biggest one. They pick at 15 and an 18. And why I'm high on 15 is the Saints and Chargers pick in between them. Saints desperately need a receiver. Um, so I think they're definitely going to take one at 16. I just don't know which one. Um, and then the Chargers, uh, are like perfect Jamison Williams territory because Justin Herbert can hit those 65 yard bombs. So yeah, I really like the, uh, the receiver vibe uh, for the Eagles at 15, especially Williams and Burks. Nice. Um, I couldn't find the bet I was looking for, but I did stumble upon one that does interest me. Kenny Pickett to be a top 10 pick at plus 115. That sounds possible, if not likely. I mean, the Panthers pick at six. Do they like Malik Willis? Uh, in the same bet, Malik Willis is valued at negative 380. So he's clearly a much hmm. bigger favorite than Where's Kenny Ritter Pickett. Where's on that? Uh, let's see. Plus 2,500. Maybe that's the smart money. Oh, to be a top 10 pick? <laughs> Yeah. All the news coming out this week is that NFL teams like Ritter. Okay. But is he a top 10 pick? Top 10 pick. Falcons? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, they're pick, what, nine? Yeah. I mean, that's possible. Or sorry, Seahawks are nine. Falcons are eight. Or eight, I, excuse me, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's worth plus 2,500. Yeah, Seahawks definitely could draft a quarterback. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but okay, I mean, yeah, we—that's uh, the official bet of uh, the fantasy bible. The official long <laughs> shot, moonshot, make money bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I might you know put a text in after after this this ends <laughs> for that one. Plus twenty five hundred. I mean, who's, who's to say that, you know, Ritter has much bigger hands than Kenny Pickett? <laughs> he sure does. We heard so much about it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably the, the NFL draft bet show. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Make some money. Go yeah. do it. I can't wait to, uh, see how some of these bets turn out. Um, yeah, should be an exciting, uh, draft. I think, what is it? 15 days away so we're getting close uh join us next week for something i don't know it's probably getting pretty close to do our official nfl first round mock draft uh in which we use uh you know our combined knowledge to suss out uh, how that situation is going to go i think that's got to be what it is because the next episode would be on draft day so oh all right so join us next week for our uh, official 22 nfl Mock draft, which should be uh, interesting because, uh, yeah, you know, it, it'll be an interesting one. I mean, it'll definitely, you'll learn a lot about the offensive players and, uh, you know, the defensive players will do our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah.